Good morning. And it's awesome to see. It feels full in here today. This is exciting to see this from up here. So uh, as I was praying about what to talk about today, uh, something that God kept bringing, bringing back to me is, is the chaotic times that we're living in right now. He kept coming back to that over and over again. And how incredibly important it is that in the middle of these chaotic times that we're taking time to hear God's voice, that we're prioritizing his voice above all the other voices that we're hearing right now. It's important that we do that because we're being bombarded I mean, with so much conflicting information, so much confusing information. Uh, one minute we can have one expert saying one thing, and the next minute another expert can say the completely opposite thing. And there's so much information right now that there's a lot of confusion out there. So how in the world are we supposed to know what truth is? How in the world are we supposed to um, know how to live our lives with all this information that we're being flooded with? We've got to learn to hear God's voice. That's what it's all about. Um, so that's what we're talking about this morning, and I want to talk about hearing God through the chaos. And you see that on your notes there. Uh, one, of the amazing, one of the many amazing things about God is that he speaks truth 100% of the time. Like there's never a moment where we have to wonder if, he's, if what he's saying is true. We know it's true every single time. So we can always go back and hear his word and trust what he's telling us. It's important we do that. So how do we hear God in the chaos? The first thing is that we need to decide to trust what God says. You know, before I get into hearing, hearing God's voice, and we're going to talk about that here in just a minute, it's important to decide that we're going to trust whatever he tells us. You know, he's not just another expert to consider along with everybody else. He's the expert. He's the ultimate authority. He's the one we can go to above any other opinion out there in the world. We can go to him and find out the truth that we need to know about any situation. You know, it's so cool. He sees, the, he sees the beginning of time and the end of time at the same time. He can see the big picture, and he can communicate that to us when we're going to him for advice and trying to hear uh, what he has to say. He can, he can see the actions of a person, uh, but he can also see the thoughts and the intents behind what they're doing, too. He can see all that, and he can communicate us and give us wisdom based on what other people are doing, and, and it's awesome that he'll do that for us. His understanding is so far beyond anything that anybody and everybody has. That's, that's where he's at as far as what he knows. So it's important we need to hear what he's saying, and we need to trust him. In uh, Proverbs 3 and verse 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. You know, when I, when I read that, I was thinking, you know, when I, look at, when I look at my understanding and I look at his understanding, as far as whose understanding I'm going to go with, that's like the easiest decision I ever have to make. When I look at what he knows versus what I know, I'm going to go with what he knows every single time because he knows a lot more than I know. You know, even with all the school I've been to, he knows a whole lot more than I know. That's, the, that's an easy decision. In verse 6, it says, seek his will in all you do, and he'll show you which path to take. You know, that puts some responsibility on us. It says here we have to seek his will in all we do. That means that we actually have to actively seek his will. We have to put forth the effort to say, okay, God, what do you want to do in this situation? What's your will in this situation? What do you have to say about this? We have to put forth the effort to say, God, I want to know your opinion on this. I want to know what you want me to do. And if we'll do that out of God's great knowledge, out of his great understanding, and out of his great love and compassion for us, um, he'll show us which path to take. That's part of what he'll do. That's awesome he'll do that for us. And then in verse 7, it says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. I read this scripture this week, and I was thinking, this is a scripture that people need to hear right now. Because it says, do not be impressed with your own wisdom. You know, there are a lot of people right now that are very impressed with their own wisdom, and they want to make sure that you know what, what the wisdom they have, and they want to make sure you know that you don't have any wisdom. They want, you, they want you to know that they have it all, and you have nothing right now. People are really impressed with what they know right now. And we don't need to be that way. We don't need to fall into that trap. Instead, we need to live with a reverential fear and a reverential awe of God. Of God. That's what it's saying here. And what will happen if we'll do that? What happens if we trust God more and we seek his, his will above everything else and seek hearing his voice above everything else? In verse 8, I love this. It says, then you will have healing for your body 
and strength for your bones. So we'll have healing for our bodies and strength for our bones, and we'll prioritize God's voice and trust him more than anything else. That's part of what we'll have for So when we trust God this much, when we pursue his word and his will that much, the result is that we don't have to live in fear of what's happening around us because we have that, his strength and his healing in our bodies on a daily basis. You know, when, we're, when we teach our kids to pursue God's voice this way, we don't have to worry about them going back to, back to school in the fall because they'll be walking in God's strength and healing too, just like we are. It takes fear out of the picture. That eliminates fear because we're following God, and the result of that is strength and healing for our bodies. He wants us to have that. That by itself is a pretty great reason to trust God. You know, that's, that's a good reason right there. Um, so from here, I want to talk about the two main ways um, that we can hear God's voice. There's, there's a lot of examples of different ways throughout the Bible. What I want to talk about the two main ways that we're going to hear his voice. And in the Bible, we see some big spectacular things. Like we see people having dreams. Uh, we see people having visions. We have see people having encounters with angels where angels bring messages to them. Um, and th those are awesome and those are spectacular. But there are two main ways we're going to hear that are outside of those ways a majority of the time. Um, communication from God, the reason he wants to communicate with us, the reason he wants us to hear from him is he wants to lead us. Um, he wants to equip us. He wants to train us. He wants to empower us. He wants to guide us. That's why, that's why he wants to talk with us like that. He wants to make us better men and women. He wants us to make, it, make us better fathers and mothers. Um, he wants to make us better um, sons and daughters. He wants to make us better employees and employ, employers. He wants to make us better across the board like that. Basically, hearing from God, communication from God is there to enhance us, to make us better. That's what it's all about. So the number one way that God speaks to us is through the Bible. So that's in your notes there. It's through the Bible. Uh, the Bible is his word, his speaking, written down for us. That's basically what the Bible is. You know, I've heard, I've heard many people say through the years, I just want to hear from God. Read your Bible. If you, want, if you want to hear from God, read your Bible any minute of any day, and you can hear from God through reading your Bible right there. Or maybe I want, I want a word from God. Well, re read your Bible. You know, that's, what, that's part of it is God's written word for you, and literally any moment that you want a word from God, if you open up your Bible, that is God speaking to you. And you can hear his voice and you can hear his truth to your situation when you read through there. Uh, so it's important we do that. The, the, the word of God reveals the general will of God. Basically, it re reveals God's general purpose. It gives us the general principles to live, live by and, and kind of navigate life. That's part of what his word does for us. It speaks to us. Um, in, in Proverbs 6 and verse 20, it says, My son, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instruction. Keep their words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck, and when you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they'll advise you, for their command is a lamp and their instruction a light. Their corrective discipline is the way, of, way to life. So the words of God are there to instruct us and advise us and protect us and keep us. You know, a lot of times, I've discovered this, a lot of times I think we miss the supernatural because we're so focused on the spectacular. And you can see that in your notes there. That's a blank in your notes. Uh, the Bible is a supernatural book. It's written by men who heard from the Holy Spirit to write these things down. And your Bible is the supernatural leading and direction of God. And sometimes we can get so focused on, I need, I need a word from somebody, that we miss out on the supernatural book that we have right here in front of us that we can access any time. And don't get me wrong, God speaks to us. Man, it's so awesome that he does give people words to encourage us and lift us up and get us through hard times that we're going through. But there's not always moments for people around us. Sometimes we need to hear from God at moments where we're by ourselves. And a guaranteed way we can get that every single time is by opening up our Bible. That's God talking to us. We can always have access to God's word. If, in fact, if you want to hear a word, do you want to hear a word from God right now? Would you like to hear that? God loves you. And God loves you. You're the apple of God's eye. He's, he's, he's chosen you. He's anointed you. He's equipped you. You know, those are basically scriptures in the Bible that basically God describing how he views us. 
And any time we need that encouragement, we can open it up and say, okay, God, what do you have to say about me today? And I promise you, you're going to find stuff in this Bible, in the, in the Word of God, that's going to encourage you that way. You can have a Word of God literally any time you want. That's God's Word for us. In a Proverbs 4 and verse 20, it says, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Now, for God's Word to penetrate deep into our hearts, it can't be something that we're accessing on Sunday mornings once a week. You know, it has to be something that we're accessing on a daily basis to allow it to soak in, allow it to penetrate our hearts. And as it penetrates our hearts, it begins to affect every area of our life. It's so amazing how his word works like that. Um, in verse 22, it says, if we'll do that, it says, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. So that's another example there. God's word brings life and healing to us. Man, how awesome is that? It's so important that we're spending time on the word of God. And that applies to our bodies and our minds too. It brings healing just across the board. In you know, Psalm 119, 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Have any of you guys ever tried walking around in the dark before? Sometimes, sometimes when I have to come up here in the evenings and drop something off real quick, a majority of the time I don't turn the lights on because I've been here in here so many times and the upper building so many times. I can usually just wander around and find my way to where I need to go to set it down and not mess with the lights. And that works great up until someone has moved a cord or moved a chair or something. And then you find yourself running and trying to save yourself from face planting on the floor there. You know, when you have a light, it kind of illuminates your path and helps you know where to go. And that's exactly what the Word of God does for us. When there's so much confusion in the world right now and so much darkness in the world, the Word of God illuminates a path through all that for us so we can see where we're going and see a clear, a clear path through all the craziness right now, through all the chaos. That's part of what the Word does for us. It'll guide us. It'll teach us. It'll be like a map for us to follow. I know we don't really use maps anymore. Uh, but I know before GPS has got real big, when we traveled somewhere, we actually used to have to get a map out. And I remember when I would, uh, when I would drive to Oklahoma, um, I remember I, would, I had AAA at the time, so I would call them and say, hey, I'm traveling to here. And then they'd actually mail me maps. They'd mail me a Virginia, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Oklahoma map with, like, the, the path highlighted. They had a highlighter. It showed the road where I needed to go. So I would basically pull that map out and say, okay, I know I need to go up 81. I need to, go, I need to get on I-40. I need to go through Knoxville and then Nashville and then Memphis. And then I got to go through Little Rock and then Fort Smith. And then I get on the Broken Air Expressway and I go up to Broken Arrow there. And basically that was highlighted for me. I knew, I knew where to go because I had this map that was laid out for me. And that's exactly what the Word of God does is it highlights the path that we're supposed to take. And we can see the destination and where we're going even if we don't see it while we're there right now because we got this map with the path laid out for us. And it's awesome that he does that for us. In, a, in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, it says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Man, that's good right there. The Bible is going to teach us and instruct us in the way that we should go. That's part of what it does. It's our instruction manual about how we should live. It equips us to do the things that God's created us to do. That's part of what his word does for us. It's going to teach us about marriage. It's going to teach us about relationships and friendships and love and generosity. You know, it just teaches so many things. You know, name a subject and more than likely the Bible addresses it at least in a general way. It's going to hit on it. That's how amazing of a book it is. It helps us to understand God's will and why he's so interested in us. It talks about that a lot. In a John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. Nothing was created except through him. Then down in verse 14, it says, So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, 
the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So what that's saying there is that Jesus is the living, breathing example of God's Word, of God's written Word. He is, he is the personification of God's Word. He is the Word. Jesus put it this way in John 6, 38. He says, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. Jesus also said, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So that means that we can, when we read the, God, read the Word of God, we can look at the life of Jesus and we can literally experience the, the, what God's Word would say through how Jesus lived his life. We can look at his life as an example of, of how we can live and what we can have. That's so amazing we can do that. Uh, in John 8, 32, it says, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, the enemy, he wants to keep us blind. He wants to keep us deaf. Um, he wants to keep us ignorant of God's Word. There's nothing he wants more than to keep us ignorant of God's Word. He wants to keep us out of it. You know, in, in the times that we're living in right now, he wants us to stay so, stay so focused on the chaos and the confusion that we can't hear God's voice anymore because we're so focused on what's on the news every day and what's on social media every day. He wants us focused on those things instead of God's word. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy in our lives, and he does that by keeping us ignorant of the general will of God, basically what the word of God says. That's what he wants more than anything. He does that by keeping us from hearing the written word of God. That's what he wants to do. But when we follow the word, when we, you know, blow past that and follow what the word of God says, when we, when we allow it to penetrate our hearts, the result is that we live in the favor and blessing of God, no matter what's happening around us. That's part of what we get to experience. I, you know, I worked, um, this, if you have a middle school kid, you'll understand this. And you may have seen middle school kids do this, but I worked in the middle school, kid, middle, middle school a lot last year. And something you'll see, have you guys seen like kids walking around mindlessly dancing? Have you, have you noticed that? Okay, that comes from an app called TikTok, if you're not familiar with that. I know a lot of you younger people, you guys know TikTok. Um, but if you don't know that, that's from an app. Basically, you copy these dances on TikTok, and that's what they're, do that's what they're learning. And I know when I walked to the middle school, or even, even in class, you'd have these kids that were sitting there trying to work, and they couldn't work because their arms and legs were moving along to these dance moves the entire time they were sitting there. And basically what's happening there is they've spent so much time watching these dances on the TikTok app that it's penetrated them to where they're not even thinking about it anymore. They're just doing it. They're just making the motions and moving to it. And basically, I was thinking about that this weekend. You know, just imagine the amount of time it takes to get, have it penetrate you that much to where that's all you that's literally all you can do without even, you know, walk, you can't walk down the hall normally anymore. You walk down the hall and you're moving your arms and legs and trying to dance and all that. Um, I just imagine if we, if we were to focus on the word as much as they're focused on that app, how much it would affect our lives. You know, I, I, can, I can look at them, I can, I can sit there in a class, I can watch them down the hallway, and I can see, I, I, can, I, I, I would do this, I'd watch up to, I'd walk up to them and say, hey, you've been watching too much TikTok. You know, I can tell by the dancing you're doing, you've been watching too much TikTok. Um, but basically, if, if, just imagine if we can see that evidence in their lives because of how much time they've spent on that app. Just imagine how much people should be able to see that in our lives if we're spending that much time with the Word of God, spending that much time with God. It would affect us just as much. People would see it in our love walk. They'd see it in how we treat people. Um, they would see it all over us, the evidence of God's Word in our lives if we focused on it as much as those young people are focused on that app right now. So I just encourage you to really take a look at your life and say, okay, am I prioritizing the Word the way that I need to? Am I, am I making that a focus on my life the way that I need to? And I promise you, it'll, it'll change your life if you will. In a Psalm 119 and verse 16, he says, I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. That word forget, if you look that up in the Greek, it actually means to lay aside, to forget, to take for granted, or neglect. So we could read that scripture this way. You could say, I will delight in your decrees and not take for granted or neglect God's word. That's basically, we should not neglect God's word. We should not take it for granted. 
And I know I've done this, especially as a kid, you know, you feel this obligation to read the Word of God, so you just skim through a, a chapter of the Bible as quick as you can, and that's like fulfilling your obligation. Okay, I read the Word now. And it's saying here that we should not take the Word of God for granted. That means we don't just skim through it to fulfill an obligation. That means we're actually reading it and saying, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me here? God, how does this apply to my life? God, how can I live this? You know, it, it changes your approach and how you handle the Word of God. It's not just, okay, I've got to read one chapter a day or else I'm not going to go to heaven. It's not something like that. We're actually building relationship with God here, and it's approaching His Word that way. When we read this, realizing this is not just, paper, this is not just words on a paper. This is literally God speaking to me. So I'm going to give it that kind of reverence when I'm reading through the Word of God. And I promise you, when you approach it that way, it's going to come alive to you. You're going to see things in there you never imagined you could see before when you recognize, hey, this is God talking to me today. This is so good. So number two, the number two way that God speaks to us through the Holy, is through the Holy Spirit. You got that in your notes there too. Uh, the Spirit of God that has been given to every one of us. When we've accepted Jesus, man, we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit reveals the specific will of God to us. You know, the Word of God reveals the general will of God. The Holy Spirit reveals the specific will of God. Um, the, the Holy Spirit will speak to us about things that the Word of God may not specifically address. Uh, for instance, the Holy Spirit may, you know, you may go to a restaurant after this and the Holy Spirit may say, hey, go buy their, go buy their lunch for them. You know, there's nowhere in the Bible that says to do that, and yet the Holy Spirit can speak to us and say, hey, do something like that. Um, he may tell you what, a, what job to apply for or what college program to go to. You know, he'll give you specifics like that that the Word of God doesn't. Um, he helps orchestrate our steps. He guides our steps. Um, in fact, let's look what Jesus had to say about him. In uh, John 16 and verse 13, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He'll bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. So that tells me that God wants to speak to us. That's part of what he does. And he doesn't, just want, he doesn't just want to speak to us. He expects us to hear from him too. Like he's actively speaking to us and he wants us to hear what he's saying. That's part of our relationship with God. You know, would God constantly speak to us if he didn't expect us to hear what he's saying? Of course he wouldn't. He expects us to hear what he's trying to tell us. We were made to hear and recognize God's voice through the Holy Spirit. We were created for that. Um, not just him, not just us talking to him, because so many times I think we look at prayer as us talking to God, but him communicating with us, actually communicating back and forth. You know, if you're in a marriage relationship and one person talks all the time and one person never talks, um, that can be pretty frustrating for the person who talks all the time and never gets any feedback. It's probably frustrating for the other person too. Um, but basically, we're supposed to communicate. Communication is two-way. It happens back and forth. And in fact, in, in John 10, 27, um, Jesus says, he says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. You know, that should be part of our daily confession. I, I hear God's voice and I follow him wherever he leads me. That should be part of our daily confession. John 14, 26 says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. So the Holy Spirit is here to represent God to us. He's here to teach us. He's here to guide us. He's here to lead us. Um, I'd be willing to bet that most of you guys in here have probably heard the Holy Spirit talk to you, even if you didn't realize it. I know Pastor Brett says this all the time, that he asked God one time, and say, God, show me the times that you spoke to me. It was just amazing all the times. I've done that before, too. And I say, God, show me all the times you've talked to me. And it's amazing when you look back through your life, all the times where the Holy Spirit's letting guide you, and sometimes you don't even know it. You know, have you ever been in a situation before? where you just had somebody that you know, maybe a friend or a family member, they were on your heart, and you just felt like, man, I just need to call them or text them. You don't know why. You know, maybe you don't even talk that much, but you just felt like you needed to get in contact with them. Have you ever done that, had that before? Is that just me? A lot of times, that's the Holy Spirit prompting you, hey, they're going through something. Why don't you reach out to them and help them out? So many times, he'll do that for us. Or maybe you've had a time, maybe this is just me, maybe you've had a time where maybe you left your house, 
and you get like two minutes down the road and all of a sudden it hits you, wait a second, I forgot something that I really need today. You know, and it would have been really bad if you'd gotten all the way to your destination, whether it was work or school or whatever, without that thing that you need and you're able to come back and get it. I know about a year ago, um, there, were, there was a group of middle school kids here in town that were at a uh, Young Life camp a few, a few hours away. And uh, the person who leads Young Life for this area called me up and said, hey, would you mind riding with me to go out and drive a vehicle back from those kids coming back from camp? And I said, yeah, I can do that. And I basically, I got in my car and started heading towards Withville. And within like two minutes of being in my car, I realized I'd forgotten my wallet. So I didn't have my wallet. I didn't have my driver's license. And yet they were expecting me to drive an entire van full of kids back from a few hours away. That could have been real devastating if I'd forgotten that and realized it once I got down there. But fortunately, the Holy Spirit prompted me in enough time for I was able to turn around and get my wallet, and we were able to help them out without any problems like that. He does that. And I think so many times in situations like that, our, our, our initial reaction is to get frustrated and, and to want to beat ourselves up, but instead just say, thank you, Holy Spirit. Man, that could have gone so badly. But there's these different ways I think he leads us and guides us even in the little things that I don't think we acknowledge as much as we should. I think we expect him about big decisions like careers and jobs and who to marry and things like that. And those are awesome. He wants to lead us in those things. But he's leading us on a daily basis too if we'll just learn to recognize it. And the more we recognize it, the more we're going to be aware of it and be able to act on what he's telling us to do. So it's important that we're looking for his voice in our life. Um, I believe that we hear and know the voice of God way more than we realize. And it's important that we recognize that. Um, let the Holy Spirit speak to you uh, where the Word of God is silent. You know, that's part of what he does. Let me give you an example. You know, the, the Bible is, is really clear, if you read through the Word here, about the kind of people that we're supposed to marry. You know, it basically talks about a godly man and a godly woman. It talks about different characteristics. It talks about don't be unequally yoked. But nowhere in the Bible does it tell you specifically who to marry. It tells you about them, but doesn't tell you who. You know, I, I read, I've read through the Bible from cover to cover, and I still haven't find the, found the scripture yet that says, Cody marries Sierra. I haven't seen that one in there yet. And yet we, we can see the evidence of their life that that was a good choice that they came together like that. But there's no scripture that says that. Same thing about a job. You know, as far as where you work, the Bible talks a lot about how to be a good employee and a good employer. It talks about working like you're working for God. It talks about all these amazing things about how to be a good worker and work well. But there is no specific scripture that says, hey, you're supposed to work at Gatorade. You know, there is no scripture about that. And that's where the Holy Spirit can step in and give us wisdom and guidance to give us more specific details beyond what the Word of God will give us. Because it will give us guidelines, but the Holy Spirit gives us specifics. Um, he's here to be a life coach for us. That's like a big term right now is life coach. But he's here to be a life coach for us. Um, I know in, in my life, just a couple months ago, I was actually uh, bike riding one day. I love to bike ride on the New River Trail. And you guys, if you're friends of on Facebook, you see the pictures all the time when I do that. Um, but I love going out there. And a couple months ago, I was riding. And while I was riding, I was, I was reminiscing a little bit because I was remembering back when my dad was still alive that me and him would ride together sometimes. And uh, he would always ride a whole lot slower than I would. So when we get on the trail, he'd always say, go ahead and ride ahead and we'll catch up on the way back. And I'd never do that. I always rode right there with him because I loved to hang out with him and love to talk with him. And I was just remembering that while I was riding. And for just, just a very brief moment there, I was starting to feel the emotion behind that. And just as soon as I start to feel, felt, uh, start to, started to feel that emotion, um, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me down on the inside. And he said, you know, I'm here with you right now just as much as your dad used to be. I said, Holy Spirit, you know, you're right. You are here with me right now just like he used to be. So I said, okay. If, I said, if you're here with me right now, and I'm, I'm sitting here remembering us talking back and forth. I said, why don't you talk with me right now? Let's have a conversation while I'm riding the bike here. And he did. He had this whole conversation with me, the Holy Spirit did, about you know, the life of David and comparing David to some of the times we're going through right now. And it was just amazing the stuff he was telling me. 
The bottom line is, is I was going through something. He was right there with me in that moment, willing to step in and be that person that I needed right there. He's, he's willing to do that for all of us right now. And I just encourage you to recognize his role in our life because he wants to speak into our life that way. He wants to be that voice. Um, he's, and on top of it, when he's speaking to us, something I always remember is that he's never going to contradict what the Word of God says. You know, everything he says is always going to line up with what the Word of God says right here. Um, I know Pastor Brett's told these stories too, but I've heard, I've heard a lot of the same stories uh, but you hear about people through the years who hear from God about the fact that they're supposed to marry a particular person. Um, but the problem with the fact is that the person that they heard from God that they're wanting to marry is already married to somebody else. And, and that totally goes against something that, God would, that, that the Word of God would ever tell us to do if they're already married to somebody else. So you can immediately hear that and recognize right away, okay, wait a second. You know, I feel like I'm supposed to marry them, but they're married to someone else. That's probably not the Holy Spirit telling me to do that. He's not going to contradict what the Word of God says. And we can always line up what he's saying with the Word. He's never going to contradict the Word of God. We can always go back and say, wait a second, does this match up? And if it does, well, we can say, okay, that's probably the Holy Spirit talking to me there, if it lines up with the Word of God. The Spirit of God, man, he, he leads us and he empowers us to, to overcome sin, too. It's amazing that he does that. We don't, live, we don't live for God with a list of do's and don'ts anymore. You know, the, the, if you go back to the Jewish Levitical law, which I know we all get excited when we hear words like that, uh, there, were six, there was a list of 613 laws that they had to obey. And within those 613 laws, um, there was like literally hundreds of thousands of ways they interpreted those laws because they're always trying to figure out ways to get around them, just like we do now, where we go 75 instead of 70 on the interstate. So anyways, I do that too, but anyways. So they, they tried to find their creative ways to get around those Levitical laws like that. And we no longer have to carry that list of laws around with us because when we have the Holy Spirit, we literally carry the author of those laws with us everywhere we go. It's no longer a list we have to carry and look at. We got him on the inside of us leading us and guiding us and saying, hey, that's a good choice. Hey, that's not. You know, he's there, he's there with us every minute of every day. The Holy Spirit is our coach, and he says, hey, don't do that. You know, a choice you're getting ready, don't do that. He'll say, hey, don't go over there. That's trouble over there. Don't go over there. He'll say, hey, why don't you just let that go and forgive him? You know, he'll tell us that so many times. He said, hey, why don't, you just, why don't you just walk in love instead of doing what you were thinking about doing right there? You know, he tries to lead us and guide us that way. In a Romans 7, in verse 6, it says, but now we have been released from the law, for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the, better of the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the Spirit. So we've been called to live a new way, living in the Spirit, being led, by, led through life by the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. That's how we've been created to live. In Romans 8 and verse 2, it says, And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So the life-giving Holy Spirit on the inside of us has freed us from the power of sin and death. That's pretty good right there, isn't it? You know, anything that's held you captive in your past or anything that's holding you captive right now, the Holy Spirit has freed you from that. And you can walk in that freedom. In uh, Romans 8, verse 5, it says, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So what we think about a majority of the time is a pretty good indicator of who we're following, of what we're being dominated by. And you might be saying, well, I'm trying to follow God, but I have these crazy thoughts pop up sometimes. Well, you can, you can address those crazy thoughts. You can say, okay, I'm, I'm going to think on what God wants me to and not that. And we can refocus and not live by those things. This is saying if, if our, our thoughts are constantly evil, if our thoughts are constantly against what God would want, then we need to readjust who we're following. We need to, we need to adjust who we're focusing on. And then in verse 6, it says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So the old way of doing things before Jesus was this external code of contact, the things I need to do. 
the new, the new way since Jesus is that we have this internal desire to live for God because he's on the inside of us. You know, it's a totally, cha- it's a big change in perspective. It's no longer, well, I have to do these things. It's a, man, I want to do these things because he's pleased God. You know, it's a totally, it's a shift in perspective. Um, the old way commands us to do this list of things, but there's no enabling power to actually do them. You know, that's how it was before Jesus. We had all these commandments, but we didn't have the power to actually live that way. Um, the new way is that the Holy Spirit, through God's grace, empowers us to live for God. We can live exactly what the Word says because of His power on the inside of us. He's enabled us to do that. Um, the old way is, is a way of fear, of you know, approaching God with the mindset of, I have to live right or God's going to get me. Now, have, you ever, have you ever thought that before? I know I have in my past. That's, that's the old way of thinking. The new way is that we're thankful um, that the Holy Spirit shows us how to live in God's favor and God's blessing. You know, we just, it's not a fear, it's a thankfulness. Like, God, thank you so much that you're here to lead me and guide me. Uh, the old way is that, man, I, I have to work to get right with God. You know, if I mess up, I have to do all these things right here to try to get right with God again. I have to try to earn my way back. That's the old way of thinking. And the new way is that, man, I just rely on what Jesus has already done for me. I rely on what he paid for on the cross. He's washed me. He's cleansed me. He's, paid, he's made me completely whole. So even if I mess up, I'm going to come right back to that again and say, Jesus, I'm receiving what you've done for me, and we're leaving that stuff in the past. That's part of what we're doing there. Um, so with, with, all, with all the chaos happening in the world right now, with all the chaos happening, I just want to really encourage you uh, to make hearing from God a priority. I want you to encourage, you know, you're spending time with the Word of God and listening to the Holy Spirit more than ever before. Um, because it's important to be able to hear the truth through all the deception that's purposely being pushed on us right now. Because I believe a lot, of, a lot of messages that are being communicated right now are very on purpose by the enemy to try to get us off course, to try to get us distracted. Um, but the bottom line is if we're focused on God, if we're focused on what he's saying, none of that's going to throw us off because we're hearing directly from God. And his truth supersedes anything we're going to hear from anybody else. So it's important that we're prioritizing what he has to say. His word, God's word, will shine through the darkness and show us which path to take, no matter what's being communicated to us. Um, so I just encourage you to, to live your life following what the word says, trusting trust in the living word of God, finding out what he has to say and doing what he tells you to do. And then follow the Holy Spirit as he leads and guides and directs you. And man, if we'll do that, just like his word is a light that shines through the darkness, will be a light that shines through the darkness too. Because when everyone else is in confusion, when everyone else is fear, when everyone else is experiencing chaos, we're going to experience God's love, peace, and joy as we coast right through what God's called us to do. And that's what, that's what his word on the inside of us, that's what his word coming through us does, is it makes us a light through the darkness too. And that's what we've been called and created to be. So I encourage you guys, let's, let's do that. Let's prioritize hearing God's word. And I promise you, it'll change your life. It'll change the world. It'll change with County. It'll change everybody who comes in contact with us because they're able to see the living God on the inside of us. It's not just going to be words that we're saying. It's not just going to be, you know, hey, we're someone that goes to church. They're going to look at our lives and see that we are so incredibly different than the world around us. They're going to see the evidence of God in our life so, so in such an amazing way um, that, man, we're just going to see people get saved light, right and left because people want that peace. People want that joy. People don't want the confusion and chaos. You know, so many people are so angry and frustrated and confused right now. People don't enjoy that. That's not fun. And when they see us still enjoying life because we're pursuing and following God, we're going to stand out so much to them. And that's what God's created us to be, is that light in the darkness around them. And this is, this is the first step in doing that, is saying, okay, God, what are you saying about this? What can I do? How can I live? And through his word and through the Holy Spirit, we can know that. So that's awesome, isn't it? That's good that he does that for us. So, so the first step to hearing God's voice is beginning the relationship with him. 
That's the first step that we need to take and say, okay, God, I realize I've been trying to live my life my way, and it hasn't been working. I haven't been doing it well. Um, so I'm ready to stop that. I'm really to, uh, ready to accept the sacrifice that Jesus made for me and say, Jesus, I'm going to do things your way. I'm going to accept the fact that you died on the cross and paid, paid for my sins. You paid so I could have a relationship with God. You paid so that I could, I could go to heaven one day. It's saying, I'm going to accept what you did for me, and I'm going to live my life for you instead of the way I've been doing it. I'm going to ask you all just a moment to bow your heads and close your eyes here. And I, I want you to do this. I want you looking at your heart right now. I want you saying, okay, God, where am I at with you? Do, have, have I accepted you as my Lord and Savior? Do I have a relationship with you right now? And if, if you've not done that, you want to, or if you're not sure where you're at with God right now, and you'd like to leave here sure that you're a child of God, that you have a relationship with God, if you'd raise your hand, I'd like to pray with you in just a moment. And you can leave here knowing that you've got a relationship with God, that you're a child of God. And I'll give you all just a moment here. I see, I see a hand popping up. Is there anybody else? And I'll give you all just a moment here because this is so exciting. The Bible actually says up in heaven that the moment that someone makes a decision to accept Jesus, that the angels and everybody up in heaven literally throw a party up there. They get so excited at that decision. All right, y'all can put your hands down. One more thing I want to ask you too is maybe, maybe you're someone who you've done this. Maybe at some point in your life you've accepted Jesus um, as your Lord and Savior, but you haven't been living for him. Uh, there's some things you're doing that you know aren't right, or maybe you just haven't made him the priority that he's supposed to be. You know, God loves us so much that in 1 John 1, 9, he says, but if we confess our sins to him, that he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Man, he loves us so much that when we recognize that we've gone off the path that we were supposed to be on, when we confess that sin and come back to him, he immediately forgives us and cleanses us. Man, he wipes it away like it never happened. So if he can say, that's me, I, I am a Christian, but I haven't been living for God, and I'm ready to get things right with him right now. I'm ready to come back to him and get back on the path, the track that he has for me. If you'll raise your hand, I'd like to pray with you about that too. And you can leave here knowing that you're forgiven and on the path that God has for you. I see a few hands popping up for that. That's exciting. God gets just as excited about that too. I'll give you all just a moment longer. I still see more hands coming up. That's awesome. God gets so excited about that. So what we're going to do here is we're going, to, we're going to pray a prayer together. And basically, we're going to do exactly what the scriptures say that we just read and referenced. We're going to say, God, I'm going to accept the sacrifice that Jesus made. I believe he's the Lord of my life. I'm confessing that I'm sinning and I, that I've sinned, and I thank you that you're faithful to forgive me. That's exactly what we're going to pray. So I'm going to ask everyone who raised their hand to pray this together right now as I pray this. And um, out of respect to those who are praying, let's all pray this together. So say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price my sin and my salvation. Jesus, thank you for making that sacrifice for me on the cross and for raising up on the third day. From this point forward, I'm living my life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Like I said, if you just prayed that prayer, whatever it is, you are giving up to God right there. He has already cleansed you, he's forgiven you, and he's forgotten about it. So he doesn't have a clue what it is anymore. So I encourage you to go on from here and pursue that relationship with God. Because, um, man, it will absolutely change your life and the lives of your family and the people around you. It will be a good thing. So I love you guys. Just